folks. Welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome, everyone. Uh, let's see. We got... Uh, we are going to talk about Kanye West. We have to, because everybody and their brother's talking about Kanye West. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I'm talking about him literally because we have to talk about him. But... Um, but that's not our topic today. No, our topic today, uh, last week, I think, uh, Timothy Gordon had the guys who were making the Ass of, uh, Mass of the Ages videos, and they talked about their goal of rebranding the traditional Mass. And he talked about how off the brand is right now how we're considered, you know, angry traditionalists who look down on everyone. And um, and that is an incorrect uh, perception, but it wasn't always, I think. I, and and uh, as, I, as we had talked about earlier, uh, Dan and I, that there's no, it's not like we can come up with statistics for this. All, all of the perception of the traditionalists is anecdotal, but there is some reason that we've been branded as angry. And I, yeah, I think it's, I don't think we should ignore that, you know, anecdotes do exist. Yeah. But and just, just saying we're not that way or even proving that we're not that way. I don't, I don't think it does justice to the history of the trad movement in, at least in America. And I guess I could say even more uh, so in Cincinnati, because that's really my only experience is what happened in Cincinnati. But I think a lot of this stuff was happening all over the country. Um, hold on a second. I'm getting a text from mom. Who's left of your pie? Oh, what's left? Of, okay. Everybody ate my pie. Oh, good. Uh, so I made a cool. rhubarb pie and everybody, somebody ate it. Oh. I don't, yeah. Probably just grandpa. <laughs> um anyway and i just i don't know i I thought we we can't just ignore what's the past and i don't think it's necessary we don't necessarily have to address it because i think the the atmosphere in the traditional movement is changing and so the branding is changing as well and i think it it's going to happen naturally no matter what but um, I just thought, you know, we should talk about it because the perception is real. If someone sees something a certain way, that's the way they see it. They didn't just make it up always. I think some people do, but, um, I guess I would start with long, long ago, the, the traditional mass had been practically outlawed. I, I don't know if there was an actual canon that said you can't practice this mass anymore or what. Yeah, I 70s. think it has more to do with normativity. So the the whole Roman rite of the church is required to say mass according to the normative, normative established Roman missal. And this, the new mass, what we call the Novus Ordo, was the Roman Missal. And yeah. that's why everybody had to use that. Yeah. I just, guess just, you know, 
just like as the Roman Missal evolved, you know, many times after Pius V, uh, established it, you know, that the, the rule that the whole Roman church, the, the Roman rite of the church or Latin rite or however you call it had to use the Roman Missal, which, which, you know, was the one that he picked and put in force at his time. Well, various popes have revised it throughout the ages and, it always was, this is the Roman Missal, and everybody has to make use of it to express the unity of the church and so on and so forth. Yeah, so other than a few holdouts, it, the the traditional Latin Mass just disappeared. It disappeared, yeah. And so throughout America, I don't really know when, what dates uh, the people started to fight back a little bit, but... In the Novi world, there were groups of people who said, "Hey, this this is stupid. <laughs> we gotta <laughs> let's talk to our bishop." And they formed little groups, and these aren't orders, religious orders. Right. These are groups no, of lay people who got together and and then worked to a common cause. Yeah, to get permission to have the traditional mass. And admittedly, they were. Older, older people, mostly boomers, who saw what was happening and said, let's, well, they saw it for what it was, I guess. Maybe they didn't mm-hmm. know how destructive it was about to be, but they saw it for what it is. What is that noise? What are you uh, doing? I just heard, I'm not doing anything, but I just heard something on my, in my phone, in my it ear. Going, <sighs> Sound like Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs> that's not me. Okay, wait. Let me, let me ask you. Uh, are you hearing it now? No. Okay, then no. That's oh, <laughs> not something I'm doing. I heard something. Um. Anyway, so keep in mind these are people who were faithful to the church in that they were unwilling to break away from the church in order to get the traditional Latin mass. That's an important part of this. These are Catholics, and they didn't want to belong to some group that operated outside of the canon norms, you know? Yeah, yeah, these are, are sons of the church. They they, they wanted not, to... Yeah, so anyway, but when you think about these people, like our mom, who got together with other people of their age... When they were finally, most pe- most of these groups, when they were finally able to establish something, to, to bug the bishop enough to where he said, fine, you can have a traditional Latin mass. And he put stupid rules on it, like, it has to be, like, five in the morning or two in the afternoon. Ridiculous <laughs> times. Yeah. And you can only have one mass, and it, it's just, usually, he put it in a neighborhood that nobody would go, uh, yeah. because, you know, the, the poorest neighborhood, the roughest neighborhoods with no parking. And that's just the way they did it. And those masses started popping up all over America. Now, those masses were the result of older people who's, it, it, it's just at that weird time when those people's children had already grown up with the English mass. Mm-hmm. And 
and they had grown to the point where they were going to go to Mass where they wanted to go. By the time Mom had gotten the traditional Latin Mass started here in Cincinnati, we were either walking up the street or driving to another parish, you know? Yeah. So we weren't kind of brought into that traditional movement. So the people who were going to the traditional movement were those older people and a couple people who you would say are outside of the Uh, norm, you know? Yeah. They're kind kind of of weird. Socially awkward, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people are unwilling to admit this, but when you have any kind of fringe movement, uh, those are the people uh, you're going to attract ahead. some fringies. Yeah, that's yeah. just that's, that's the way, the way it it's going to be. So, but I, you know, the the thing is, the the I I think the bigger, I mean, the fringies, yeah, okay, they contributed because we're talking about the the whys, the why uh, of you know this this branding, this perception of of, of traditional mascots. But yes, the first generation of people were people who had the traditional mass. It was taken away from them. Things got really stupid and really bad. And there was anger over that. Yeah, there was. As a matter of fact, I'll even say right now, um, I go to the Latin mass. I really, I mean, I go there and I just pray. I don't think about the fact that I'm at a Latin mass. Yeah, um, you're just, you. hey, this is mass. Yeah, and, and I can I'm, pray to Christ who's been offering, off, who's being offered to God, to the Father. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty. I mean, I, I my attention is hard to steal away from that. Um, mm-hmm. Once I'm at the mass, and in our parish at the early mass, uh, seven thirty, I think I counted once twenty five different families that include. Um, one parent and at least one child. I think that was these the, are not one first generation, days. right? Yeah. So I'm just pointing out that there's lots of noise, and I don't even notice that noise. Oh, but, right. Yeah, because um, there's kids and everything going on. It. Yeah. Every now and then, noise I have happens. to go to a <laughs> Novi Mass, um, and I just I don't know why I I get kind of angry at Novis, and I. The same way I get kind of angry at normies when we're talking politics and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I had to go to, uh, I had to get to confession last week and it, we, you know, the only one I could get to was the Novus Ordo parish. Mm -hmm. Um, they have confession times and usually, uh, Eucharistic, um, adoration. During this time, oh, you're and talking about uh, Our Lady of Lords? No, um, no, because they have the same thing going. St. Eyes on Thursday oh, okay. nights. Okay, so every Thursday night they have confession and <clears throat> Eucharistic adoration, and people come in and people are pretty uh, serious about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's quiet. You're, everybody's adoring Christ, and then there's often a very long line for confessions. Um, but I'm standing there, and the, I guess it was a matter of timing. They had to have a wedding rehearsal. and Oh. Um, 
So they had their wedding rehearsal, and then the wedding rehearsal was over, and there's the normal people there who are there either to worship or to go to confession, but all this wedding party, blah, 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 gabbing and gabbing, and they wouldn't leave. They're standing in the aisles just talking in a normal After the voice. rehearsal's over. I can't help it's like they it. Don't even, they was, don't even seem to have a clue that there's something else here. Right. That this isn't the social place. Yeah. I, I got it. If any of them had even looked in my direction, they would have thought, man, there's a very angry guy there. Um, yeah. I, I can't help it. And, and when I go to Novi Masses, I just, I notice the attitudes of people, things like this. And yeah, it makes me a little angry because I, I don't want to be there and I don't want to be around those people. But when I'm at the Mass, at the traditional mass, I don't think of the fact that I'm not with those people. I don't oh, consider right. where I am. I'm just there praying, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And people who don't dress the same as me or who bring kids that are loud, it doesn't bother me in the least. <laughs> um, but that's now. Yeah. For a time, we had older boomers who were angry about the fact that first it was stolen from them, then they had to fight like the devil to get even something back, and some fringy-type people, you know? that's mm-hmm. That was the first crowd. And I remember, uh, I remember going to... Mom was singing for this... There's this place called, in Cincinnati called the Hope House. I'm not 100% sure what it is. Is it an orphanage? No, no. It's it's a... Um, I, I don't know if it still operates as this, but it was a um, an institution, a, a, a place that Bob Hope had set up as a... Um, kind of like either a... You could think of it as a last resort place or a, okay. a halfway, halfway house, house. For, for boys who were, um, you know troubled yeah criminally and and so forth and so trying to to give them some kind of program that might maybe reintegrate them into society or whatever Mm -hmm. but that's the kind of place that it was okay well mom was singing and i think it was a mass that i had to attend and i thought why don't i just go to this one it was Mm -hmm. me my wife and our baby daughter ronnie it was one of the most bizarre things i ever witnessed because I was, I was in that mode where I've got kids and I have to figure out how to handle this during mass. And some parents yeah. go straight to the back and they don't come back front. Some parents mm-hmm. bring a bunch of toys. Some parents just, it, it's not easy, but some parents just stay there and teach their kids to be good during mass. And that was my intention. Now, obviously, if the kid's screaming and crying or, you know, there's there's that hard cry that babies do every now and then where it's like this oh, baby's yeah, not going to okay, I got to take him out of the church, right? Yeah, but but just fussing right. is different. Fussing is different, and normally Ronnie was one of the most colicky babies I've ever had to deal with. But oh. for that particular mass, she was just a little fussy, you know, mm-hmm. and a little bit little bit of a whine here and there. But I. I didn't think it was that bad because I've had much worse with her and with the yeah. other kids. 
but she was our first kid and I'm trying to decide how to handle this. And we're in the very back and I'm just trying to hold her, quiet her down. Uh, and I got two different taps from people behind me to tell me there's a quiet room over there. And I look over in the quiet room. There's a bunch of parents holding their kids. Half the kids weren't even crying. They were oh, just sitting yeah, in like, the quiet why room. Why are they there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is what they thought. Kids who uh, aren't old enough to genuflect should be in the quiet room. I don't know. But the weirder part is the priest, um, this must have been right around Christmas. It may have actually been a Christmas mass. I don't know. But he goes over to the, there was a manger setting. Mm -hmm. And he goes over and picks up the baby Jesus. So this would have been after Christmas because he picked up the baby Jesus. Okay, doll. yeah, yeah. And he starts talking. He says, I'm going to hold this for a while. It makes me feel better. Something like that. Something to make you think he likes baby Jesus. Babies, yeah. Or, and babies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then he went into a 10-minute uh, talk about having silence in Mass and uh, without any kind of distraction. And I just, I don't know. I had already been a, uh, approached by two different people. And I guess my kid was the only one who made any noise at all. So it sure felt directed at me. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. But, you know, he's like to the point where he's pounding his fist going, we will have silence in mass and things like that. And I'm like, wow, this guy's a nutcase. And he's holding this baby <laughs> yeah. saying this. He's obviously never dealt with babies. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it just seems so weird to me. And... I kind of, I don't know, I ignored that, but I went back uh, a couple years later. I just started taking my family to the local traditional Latin mass, mm -hmm. and um, there were there were a couple other families there, and I was, I ended up in a position where the priest, during the homily, complained about crying kids, <laughs> and I, I... I mean, I had taken my kid out back. They didn't have a quiet room. I would have taken mm -hmm. them to the quiet room if they had. But I took yeah. them in the back. It was five degrees out, and one of my kids had asthma. I couldn't go outside. Oh, you can't stay out there. Right. Yeah. I can't you leave. you got multiple kids. It, I got some kids who are sitting in the pew still. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a rough situation. It was stressful on me. I can imagine it would be stressful on people around me. But I don't I didn't think it was that bad but you know he basically yeah. kind of offered people with kids to leave and i i wrote him a letter i did leave i got up grabbed yeah. my kids said come on guys and then um i wrote him a letter and he doubled down on it and he said maybe you shouldn't bring be bringing your kids to mass if they're going to distract other people <laughs> yeah, that's that... my experience yeah that's and i I know that not all the people there were like that. And I know there were I, other families like my own. I bet hardly any of the people there were like that. Probably not, except for, and I found this out later, mm -hmm. a, a few old ladies who, the kind of Susans who run things for the priests. Oh, okay. They were the ones complaining about the loud children. Oh, 
And mine wasn't the only ones, but mine was the one that day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can see how I walk away from that thinking, what a bunch of angry, stuck up people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think what happened is those fringy people and maybe a few more outsiders started going and bringing their families. And now the children of those fringe people are now bringing their families and it's much more normalized. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lot different now than it was, uh, 10 years ago. Now, if one of those old ladies should say, I, I don't think these children should be at mass, then you would say to the old lady, well, maybe you ought to find yourself another church. Yeah. Cause hell, that, anymore, that's half your audience. Yeah. Cause, I mean, there's a lot of kids, at least at the mass that I go to in Cincinnati. And I don't know. Um, I, we've talked about it before. I, I, I had a small group going with me. I was taking teenagers, uh, and young adults. And, um, not all of them dress in what some of the tratty or trads would call appropriate, you know? Oh, right. I mean, most of the time Some we're of talking them, jeans. Yeah, which that, I mean, heaven's sakes, kids today and families today, I mean, that sometimes that's all you got. You, you can't assume, like maybe you used to be able to, that everybody has a uh, shiny pair of dress trousers. I, uh, I literally do not own a suit. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people in that situation. If I had to go to a place where I absolutely, like of a job interview, mm -hmm. I would borrow this guy's jacket and this guy's pants. And I, I have a pair of pants that I would, I would like pin up the side to make them look skinnier because they're way too big for me. I would do mm -hmm. things like that, you know. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think there's a lot of people, especially teenagers in that situation because in the normal work place, People aren't expected to dress the way they used to dress. Mm -hmm. But I think there are parishes where that's kind of frowned on. I I don't hmm. see that in Cincinnati, but I've heard people talk about it. I don't know if it's true yeah. or not. But I know, I mean, like, uh, there's the parish across the river there. Um, now, they have a sign on the door that says, no shorts, no tank tops, which I could see. Yeah, that's just a, that's a modesty thing, though. Right. That's, that's not a level of dress. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but again, it used, there, there's, it's something we're talking about that it really was that way for a while. Or at mm -hmm. least for some people, it seemed that way. Now, you mentioned, uh, that place in Indianapolis, um, where Sacred Holy Rosary? Holler Rosary, that's, that was it. Yeah, the downtown. I have never first. been to that Sunday Mass. I would go to that weekday Mass sometimes. They had yeah. a trad Mass at, uh, at noon or 1230 mm -hmm. or something. And sometimes I would make it to that one. I don't know how that... you. The parish did not seem that way to you, you said. No, and well, I mean, the parish didn't know. I usually went to the Saturday evening mass, which was not a traditional mass. It's just what worked out better with timing. The I mean, we lived okay. an yeah. hour and 15 minutes from the church. 
And so we'd get all the kids together and go down there. The boys would serve and stuff. Oh, okay. And, I mean, we made friends just people approaching us at the church. But here's the thing. Once in a while, I would, because of one thing or another, end up having to go on Sunday. And I would go down to whenever it was, the but they had the traditional mass. Yeah. And or sometimes I would go to the the English mass that was earlier than the traditional mass. I think the traditional mass was maybe a little bit later in the morning or something. Uh-huh. But but here's the thing: if I went to the traditional mass, I would see the people. You know, often, uh, you know, groups of teenagers really. Oh yeah, and hanging this is- around, talking, laughing, having fun. Or if I was at the earlier English mass, as the people were waiting for that mass, they would gather waiting for that mass to be over so they could go into the church. And it was the same thing. Often it was, you know, teenagers who knew that they had to keep an eye on a younger sibling or something like that. You're talking about like outside the church, either before or after that mass. Okay. Yeah, I'm not talking about in the church. I'm talking about outside the church before. I mean, you know, these were not... Angry people. These were not curmudgeons. Yeah. They were probably the children of angry people. (laughs) They they might have been. Or I I suspect more. I mean, they might have been the children. Because here's the thing. You had the, the first generation of people who had the, uh, traditional mass and lost it. And as they realized what they lost, they became anger, maybe bitter. Um, over it. And so they always had maybe this air of bitterness. Maybe that made it harder for them to deal with kids, whatever. I don't know. Or maybe they were just overly zealous about, you know what I mean? Certain things. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. I think, I think that a new generation of discoverers of the traditional mass has come into the mix. And these are people who grew up with the Novus Ordo. From the time they were babies, they never knew anything else. Right. And they discover the traditional mass. Well, they're not coming to it as angry or bitter about having lost something. They're coming to it. And as they're coming to it, they're realizing how stupid the new mass is. And And so they, 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 they see the new mass, not with the sort of bitter angerness, but more with the like, it's uh, kind of like a fun poking sort of yeah. Oh yeah, the you know those jokers yeah uh, kind of thing. A uh, you know could often maybe translates into a certain kind of um, looking down on novies that yeah. that could be inappropriate, but not the bitterness that that I think. Um, many people associate with traditional mass goers. That is certainly the case right now. Um, and I guess I could see it a little bit back in my day, but we were the minority, you know? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of older people. But, yeah. um, and and I did leave that parish, which I I now regret. I should have... I should have stuck it out and insisted that if he wanted me gone, he'd have to call the police. Yeah. Um, 
it was it's my right as a Catholic to attend Mass and to bring my children up in that Mass. Your kids are baptized. They yeah. have a right to be there too. Yeah. So uh, don't tell me I can't come to Mass with my kids. That should have been my attitude. But mm-hmm. I was younger and more timid, and I oh, ended yeah. up going That's... back to the Novi Mass. And I hated it there just as much. But I constantly had to justify myself for being there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like the sour grapes, the fox who couldn't get the sour grapes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt. But my mom had told me over several times, you should have stuck it out. The families ended up winning because now you yeah. go there and it's almost all families. That's who it is. Exactly. Right. And probably those people who were bitter lightened up. Or left. Or left. Or died. Or died. (laughs) Either way, if they are there now, they have no voice. Yeah. So, but you, okay, so you, uh, you mentioned a letter you had written to. Well, yeah, and see, there was, there was this article, this was 15, 20 years ago, uh, in, I think it was published in our Sunday Visitor. It was one of those, Sort of nationwide, or, or I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if our Sunday visitor is associated with a particular diocese, but it, it seems to be kind of read nationwide. Yeah. And, uh, somebody, uh, I don't know, some priest in Washington, D.C. was talking about these, you know, this phenomenon that people are, you know, going to the traditional mass. And he was saying that basically making his claim and this is going from long, long memory, um, mm-hmm. was that these are just a bunch of old curmudgeons that don't get what the mass is about. They don't want any communication or interaction, and they don't want any commitment. It was weird that he, he, that he put it that way, no commitment. Yeah. It's like, what do you talk about? I, I didn't even know what he was talking about. But anyway, um, so I, I wrote a letter in response to that, kind of just... I think I did send it into our Sunday visitor, but I copied our pastor at the time at Holy Rosary, who was Monsignor Shadle, who at the time was the, the bishop's vicar general mm-hmm. um, in the diocese. And he liked my letter so much, he said, hey, can I go ahead and publish this in the bulletin? You and think you got said, a copy of that? I do have a copy of that. Uh, some, I mean, not on hand. I should have looked for it before this this recording. But if I may, if I find it, what I can do is scan it, and we can yeah. put it on the website. Yeah, we we'll just put it as a PDF. But in what I mean now, this is just you know my my thoughts about it. Like I said, fifteen twenty years ago, um, but I kind of made the point that you know, heaven's sakes, a lot of. It's it's kind of like getting after somebody who who loves to listen to Beethoven, and it's not so much that they want everybody to be perfectly silent while they listen to Beethoven, okay. But the thing is, if you're going to listen to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, you can't really say that you've listened to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony when what you really did was skate around a rolling rink while they're blaring a fifth of Beethoven on the speakers. That which is, is kind true. of like what the new mass is. 
right. compared to the old mass. Certainly. It's like, that's, so that was my analogy that I came up at that time, um, mm-hmm. or metaphor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I said other things in the letter, but I forget what all they were. I'll have to, I'll have to find it and, and, uh, scan it and get it to you. But, but what I really would like to have done is, uh, find also, and, and I might be able to do that. I don't know if like our Sunday visitor has like, like if you can search the archives, archives online, yeah. but if you can, based on the, the week that that bulletin was published, I might be able to even find the original article. Yeah, that would be good. In our Sunday visitor. Because yeah. it kind of shows you where people are coming from. But the thing is, it was kind of clear that this particular guy wasn't coming from any real knowledge. He was, I think he was just just sort of assuming that, I, I think he had no concept of what the Mass really is about. And therefore, anybody who could want the old Mass instead of the new one must be just a bitter old person who doesn't like anything to change. And that's the only reason anybody wouldn't like the new mass. I think, I think that's the assumption he was coming from. And he just ran with that and, and like kind of came up with all kinds of statements that, that he just made up out of whole cloth based on that assumption. See, that's what I think is happening with Pope Francis and his cohorts. Yeah, that's that's how he seems to to be operating is is from an assumption that just spins out all kinds of uh, further assumptions, but none of them grounded in any kind of reality about the the mass itself, yeah. the people who prefer the old mass, and 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 any of it. The bizarre thing about this is that the new mass is really the old man mass for hippies. Well, yeah, it has, it's, it's become, I mean, the new mass is, here's the thing. The new mass is not timeless like the old mass is. And yeah. it has become very long in the tooth. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's showing its age. It's, it's kind of like, it's like, like sort of worn out. It's a tired old, uh, cliche or yeah. something. And the, the, quote, old mass, is new again to a whole bunch of people who are yeah. so thrilled to find something like this, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of them had maybe started giving up on religion altogether when there's nothing substantive in it, even in the Catholic Church. Uh, yeah. You know, Pope John Paul II had his, his youth day or whatever, and I think a lot of youths, got excited, but then it became another fad. And it's yeah. like, uh, okay, now we're tired of this. What's the next thing? And right. then they discovered the mass, and they're like, oh, wait a minute. This oh, isn't a, a fad. This is awesome. <laughs> it's and kind it's, of like, the, you know, it's, it's like comparing a diamond to to a uh, like an acrylic knockoff lookalike jewel that – you know, yeah. the, the, the acrylic jewel exposed to the sun and everything over time and it, it yellows inside and it wears out and you go, oh yeah, that's an old worn out piece of costume jewelry or whatever. And then you discover, wait a minute, here's, here's, here's a real diamond. That'll yeah. never fade. That'll never grow yellow. Yeah. And, and, and the new, ma- or the old mass is kind of like that. Yeah. 
and it's uh, they are right. We we do have to shed this old branding, but it doesn't hurt to acknowledge that. The branding oh, isn't yeah. all people making stuff up. There is right. something to it. <clears throat> there are some. There are anecdotes out there, and yeah, and yeah we we kind of need to own you up know, to them. We can explain them, right. and in some cases, we can say, "Yeah, that that person wasn't yeah. justified," but <clears throat> but it it doesn't help to just pretend that they are aren't real. Or to tell people, well, you're crazy if you think that's how people were. It's like, oh, yeah. you went to that parish and nobody talked to you? Well, you're just crazy then. That doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, another thing is that, um, as I said, I had been more or less kicked out of the parish um, or invited to leave anyway. So I had to go to Novi Masses. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like holding... This is around the time they started holding hands during the Our Father, which I... Oh, my gosh. I just hated. And yeah. so I would just fold my hands and look down. And mm-hmm. um, I went to this one mass where this old lady next to me, and, and I'm looking down, and, you know, she grabbed my hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of let her have my hand. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't play along, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I started thinking about that later, and I, it's not that I think I should have done something else. It's just mm-hmm. I started to consider how does this lady perceive it? Because oh, right. I'm trying to show that this is a time for prayer, not holding hands. But mm-hmm. I think she probably thought I was just shy. And she oh, wanted like to invite you into something, right. whatever. <laughs> That's probably what her mindset was. Probably, yeah. And as she walked away, maybe she started to think, well, he's just stuck up. He's yeah. not shy. And I started to think about those people who hold out their hands during the kiss of peace. And I don't offer my hand back. Yeah. I thought, it's. I'm kind of torn here. Yeah, Do I stopped. Ignore them, or I just go ahead and shake their hand. What's the big deal? Yeah, I I stopped doing that myself. I kind of, I I mean, for me though, I mean, gosh, I'm in my fifties. I decided I'm too old to worry about if people think I'm stuck up. Yeah, that's it. You know, I, maybe if I were younger and had some kind of image to worry about, and uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. maybe I would. But but you know, I, I'm. It's kind of funny because I. When this whole hand holding thing started, I I might I probably would have reacted same way you did, kind of mm-hmm. like, oh okay, I'm not gonna yank it back away, but I'm not gonna play along, you know. Yeah. Today, I'm kind of waiting for somebody either to approach me and say, "Hey, why don't you hold hands?" or for somebody to try to grab my hand so that I can uh, go to them after mass outside of church, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and say, "Hey, why did you do that?" And get into a conversation about about why holding hands and holding your hands out during the Our Father and stuff like that isn't appropriate in the Mass because that's right. that's the priest's position and uh, we're not supposed to imitate the priest. The, the Church assigns a certain symbolism to these acts and these postures um, and... 
in the mass, I mean, if, if you're praying by yourself, you can do whatever you want with your hands, whatever makes you, you know, right. able to focus on the prayers more is great. But in the mass, that has a certain symbolism, which is the priest that's called the Oron's position, and he puts his hands in the Oron's position to symbolize that he is acting on behalf of the entire congregation there, which none of the rest of us are. Right. Um, and so it would, it's inappropriate in that context to have our hands out. And so in obedience, in obedience, we should submit to that and keep our hands folded. Um, but I'm waiting for somebody to kind of like take me to task enough for me to explain that to them. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess nobody will. <laughs> right. Nobody does things like that when you want them to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like the day because that you're unable... that's the one thing that I would have an answer for. <laughs> yeah. One day There's... you will be late and you have to go somewhere directly after Mass, and that is the day somebody will take you to task. <laughs> and you'll be like, I just, I can't do it right now. I got to go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well. I just thought, you know... If we're going to have that discussion, let's have the discussion. Let's not hide from the truth here. Yeah. There were a lot of angry, bitter people. Most of those people are not there now, and there's a huge crowd of people who are not angry and bitter, who are, yeah, who are just happy. Joyful. And and like I said, I mean, a lot of them, even when they regard the new mass, it's it's probably less with anger than with uh, a certain just kind ridicule. of amusement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like what a bunch of idiots. Um, but then with people like me, I, I don't know. I, I do get angry easier. I, I get mm -hmm. angry over dumb things. I'm a pessimistic person by nature. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is well, my kids aren't so much. Yeah. And my kids, some of them like the new mass, like the, like the traditional mass more than the, uh, new mass. Actually, I think they all do. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they all go to the trad mass, but yeah, at least every week. Yeah, so uh, well, that's, I've that's I've about gotten all I got. a lot less angry at the Novi Mass since I've been taking my trad missile, and I read that while the priest is doing the mass instead of doing all the things that the other people do. That's one thing I wish one of these popular. Uh, traditional podcasters would bring up is oh, yeah. hey because you can do this that. is this is how you answer this problem right now even if they take away your traditional mass bring your traditional missile and read that and say those prayers instead yeah. of holding hands and doing all that other crap because you can't bring about the prayers of the mass that are meant for the priest but here's the thing when the priest is offering the mass he's acting in the person of Christ and even if he's saying different prayers because they're different in the in the Novi Mass, he, by the act of doing the Mass, is meaning those prayers that are in the Missal. And so you can take a lot of comfort and edification from reading those while he's doing the Mass because that's what he really means. And anyway, during the Latin Mass, most people aren't reading the Latin anyway. They're reading That's, the No, no, the translation. Re I read the English. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things that I read the Latin because I know it as Latin. Yeah. Like the um, like Psalm 42, you know, at the prayers at the foot of the altar and stuff oh, like that. Oh, you know that in Latin? That I, is my... I can't my... recite it in Latin, but I read okay. the Latin and, and, and understand it as I'm reading okay. it. Okay. 
That's like but my favorite. For the most in part, the I just read the English. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine too. Um, yeah. So it's it's not a big deal that the priest isn't saying exactly what you're saying anyway. Yeah. Already we believe that. Why not mm-hmm. make use why, of it? Yeah, make manifest. Yeah. Deep, deep, in deepen the, your own personal participation in what is really going on there. And meanwhile, other people might say, hey, every now and then I see this family and they've all got these red books. What are those red books? <laughs> What's that about? Yeah. Although I'm the only, my, my wife doesn't do it. So I'm, and I don't, I don't take yeah. the red book because I want, I, I've got a missile that has like all of the Sundays right. and stuff and I'm flipping back yeah. and forth. Um, but if somebody ever approached me about it, I'd be like, I, I wouldn't try to answer them like right there in the parking right. lot or anything like that. Instead, I would say, you know what, that your, your question deserves a nice long conversational answer. Uh, I'll tell you what, why don't you, uh, pick your poison, whatever drink you like, you know, whether it's liquor or beer and, mm-hmm. and come over to my house and I will supply some nice cigars and we'll sit out on my porch and have a conversation. Yeah. I think that's how I would, you know, approach something like that. If somebody approached me. Mm-hmm. I would invite them to breakfast. No, I wouldn't invite them to breakfast. Cause, <laughs> come to breakfast. Because <laughs> I only do the breakfast after the Latin mass. The but, traditional uh, mass. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I just thought it was a discussion worth having. It is. And I don't see and anyone. We'll try really to find those resources. I can certainly find that letter I wrote, uh, and I will try yeah. to find the article in our Sunday visitor that prompted it, and we can get those also up on our website. You People probably can see a little bit of, you know, history about the, the fonts. Uh, use the metadata on the file to figure out when the original thing came out, you know? On which file? On the file. If you have... Oh, wait a minute. You're saying... You oh, I don't think I have the file. I, I have a have copy a of the bulletin because, I mean, if don't. a priest publishes your letter in a bulletin, you're going to save yeah, a copy save of that. It. That's what I have. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I know you. You save everything. <laughs> if you took that wording and searched the wording... I'll bet you it, find the file. It's possible, but you know what? I save everything. And so, like, I have, like... I have a computer and then it has a hard drive with, you know, say like my home directory. And then it's got, um, a directory Gazillion called, other stuff. called yeah. backup from old computer. Yeah. And then I got that one has a directory that's backup from old, old computer. Yeah. I got <laughs> and those. Stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess we should start talking about some news yeah, here. Yeah, let's get some news. Because, uh, again, this whole Kanye West thing, I guess, I, I mean, here's what happened. First of all, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, Kanye West made some rather, it, it started, it wasn't all that anti-Semitic. It was just, he said a couple things about Jews. Yeah. Uh, they weren't real offensive. They were, maybe you would say, um, stereotype, mm-hmm. you know, but whatever. And then over the following weeks, he kind of started digging in and uh, the kinds of things he was saying were more or less directed towards whether this exists or not isn't the point, but this is mm-hmm. what he was trying to talk about. A group of... Jewish elites 
who basically run Hollywood, run the banks, and run the world. This is kind of like what, what you think of when when somebody talks about the cabal, for example. Yeah, like that's okay. kind of like talking about the deep state. You know, it's yeah. it's except a group ho- like except that. higher level than that. Yeah. So this is what he's talking about when he says the Jews. Now, um, again, I, I actually I think very soon we're going to be doing a podcast about quote the Jews. Uh, but I yeah. wanted to get some more research done and see if it's even worth having. But regardless, some people are offended by this. Some people don't care. And some people get really excited and are into this kind of talk. And so he's got some people encouraging him and some people threatening him over all these comments he's making. But... uh you do have to understand his background. He's, and, and I don't even know how much of this is real and how much of it isn't. He was uh, put into uh, uh, an insane asylum with claims that he was crazy when he, what he really was, was drugged by his Hollywood handler. Oh. He also had his children taken away from him. So, what and do you his mean, his Hollywood too. handler? Because I've never heard. Of such, I, I, that that is a phrase that is brand new to me. Okay, so and this is again what I, I I can't prove any of this, but this is what people say. When you're in Hollywood, if you're going to be an influencer, it's not like you just get to go speak your mind. You have people telling you what to say and what not to say, uh, and they might call them coaches or something like that, life coaches. But they're handlers. Hmm. And he was going against his handler, and his handler threatened him and said, do you want to end up back in the, uh, what do you call it, uh, the place asylum. for crazy people? Yeah, asylum. And and he published that threat, saying, this is okay. what they tell me. So there's some reality to what he's saying some reality I don't know how much yeah okay okay we also know that he's <laughs> a little bit he is a little bit crazy he's kind of weird you know so uh, then he starts talking about running for president which he did that back in 2006 no he did that in 2020, 2020. yeah for the tw- he was he yeah he he, wanted he mentioned to, it a couple I mean, times yeah he, he kind of put his name out there for president yeah I don't really, I don't know if he's really serious about that or if he thinks he could win. I doubt he could win. And if he did win, I doubt he would be effective. But whatever. I didn't think Donald Trump would be effective. I didn't think he was serious either until I Mm -hmm. heard him talk and I thought, oh, wait a minute. This guy's serious. And people are going to take him serious. Uh, I think Kanye West was trying to out-Trump Trump. Oh, okay. But during this time, he gets on this interview with um, Alex Jones. And he had been in a couple interviews before this, but I think one of them, he just walked out in the middle of it, angry about something. Yeah, I heard something. something about that. Like, they started at, they started pushing him a little bit about his, his Jew comments. and They didn't even like, push him. I mean, got up I... And walked out. Yeah, I heard... I heard that section of the interview, mm-hmm. and he basically just said, you know, I, you say what you say, it's, 
I'm not going to say that I agree with you. Just know that that we do have some disagreement here. And then he got up and walked out. I was like, well, that's a weird moment. He's not even getting pushback yet, you know? Okay, yeah. It's just... uh, what do, you, huh. what do you think everybody has to agree with you if you're going to interview with them? You, yeah. That's yeah. dumb. <laughs> I thought it was bizarre. But okay. finally, he gets, so on, he gets on the Alex, Alex Jones, Jones show. And oh, did I hear right? This 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 interview went on for a long time? Yeah, it was a three-hour interview, which I did not listen to. Did uh, you see part of it? I did see the part of it where he said, yeah, I like Hitler. We're not allowed okay. to like Hitler, but I like Hitler. And I think so, at some point he said, not all Nazis are bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I Which, on one of the podcasts I listened to, I heard some of the, um, some, some of that talk. Um, but here's the thing. I, people keep talking about this mask he was wearing. Okay, that's the weird part, because so, I guess this is part of it, too. And I don't did, quite understand this part. Well, I just wanted to ask you, what... Did the, somebody said something like it was like it covered his whole face without even having an eye cut out. You know what? I didn't watch the interview. I oh, listened that's, to that's it. That's why I asked if you watched the interview. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I, I, I never watch interviews. I only listen to them. Hold on. Because well, let's find out. Because the way they described it, it's like, well, how the heck do you know that that was Kanye West? <laughs> Maybe it's just some guy who who was that is true trained to sound like him. I don't. Yeah. Okay. If I'm if I'm looking at it, yeah, he doesn't even have eye cutouts. That is a weird. So it's it's like Alex Jones is interviewing this sock, basically. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So you know the weird part even, about how it. How do you know that that was actually Kanye West? I don't. I think probably people recognize his voice, the kind of people well, yeah, listen to but, him. I mean, but I don't know. Um, people and do sound alike. They're saying that it was a... Make lives out of impressions. They're saying it was a Balenciaga mask. Yeah, which is the other thing, because of the whole thing with them having to add with, with the, uh, like the, the uh, yeah, Kitty the, S&M and stuff like that. Right. Which I never I, saw the ad. I don't even want to see the ad. But right. I've heard about it. I do not know anything about that end of it. I, I I guess he owns part of that business or used to own. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know what he was trying to say by wearing the mask. I do know this. What he did say, he's got a Bible sitting in front of him. And he's talking about Hitler and Nazis. That's which to weird. me is like, that's kind of, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what to say about it. It's crazy. Maybe he's got some kind of point that he. Yeah, I, I guess there he's are trying three. To make, you mean? Yeah, I, I think there are three different ways of taking this. Number one, he's just going crazy, and I, I don't think that's a hundred percent it. But I think he's crazy anyhow. So, whatever. Yeah. Uh, number two, he's got some kind of master plan here, where he's, uh, you know, he's. He's planning to use this as a marketing ploy to get more publicity and to be in everybody's face. And uh, number three is he seriously, uh, and he thinks that Americans would be behind him even though he praises Hitler. So, I don't know. Of those three, the, the biggest, the point of all this is, is that is one of the 
single most popular live podcast streams ever seen. Oh. I don't know what the final numbers are, but I but if I exploded. understand it right, it it put Joe Rogan's podcast to shame. This is the biggest live podcast ever streamed. Wow, okay. And why? Because he because he talked about Hitler or because, I mean yeah, what 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 is the exact combination that puts it there? Uh, okay, Kanye West, but uh, you know, h- how many other well-known people could end up on an interview and say, "Oh, hey, I like Hitler." And it go like wild like that. Yeah, I don't know if anyone would because I've heard some uh, some stars and media darlings say some really awful things. Yeah. And, and they don't get the kind of attention that this one interview is getting. Right. That, that's um, what it's like what what was exactly the magic formula for, for that that surge that in everybody tweeting about it. And mm-hmm. and, and another thing is that ever since this everybody's expecting everyone else to disavow Kanye West. And it's like, why do we suddenly have to disavow everyone just because they say we have to disavow someone? Right, you know? Right. I obviously don't think Hitler was a good guy, and I don't think there's any such thing as a good Nazi. But whatever else he was saying, I didn't even listen to the rest. How could I disavow the rest? Right, um, right, exactly. That's it, it's okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you meant by that, but uh, let's at least hear him out. <laughs> yeah. Now, if, here's if, the thing: if he had, you know, that, that's the thing. It's like hear him out. If he was saying something interesting to begin with, which I don't know enough about anything else that he's said. This is the only thing that I'm aware of that he said because I don't pay attention to Kanye West. Right. And you know the um, another part of this is that again I want to stress the reality of the fact that he was put away for a while as a crazy guy, and he's insisting it's the drugs that were making him crazy that they put him on, and his handler did uh, bully him into situations and where he ended up losing his family, his kids. And of course, you know the Kardashian people. You know they're they've disavowed him now, but now they're but crazy they had rich already, too, right? Isn't yeah. that what, yeah. what it means to be a Kardashian? They're yeah. like the, the the patriarch of that family is like super rich. If if there is a sort of Jewish cabal, the way he's seems to be describing, isn't it almost a a, a reasonable conclusion that? That the Kardashian patriarch is involved with them somehow, right? Or at least, or is, is, or is he not it. quite that level of rich? No, he's. I think he's that level of rich. I mean, but is he, he like George more than Soros anything, rich? He's he's not that level of rich, but he's that level of famous. Oh, okay. You know, but the point is, is that they've done a lot to him, and he's pretty sore about it. Obviously, yeah. So he considers this group of people to be his enemy, and he's sworn to fight them now as a presidential candidate. I can kind of see how it makes sense to him that 
Oh, well, the Nazis saw this thing coming and they tried to fight it too. Oh. Not that he's right, but it's just no, that I can no. see how someone who's a little bit crazy already and has this enemy, perceived enemy, would... Or see how somebody with a very underdeveloped understanding of history... Right. ...could come to some of those conclusions. Right. I don't I don't think he's very smart. Yeah. I mean, you know, like... like I mean, just, just some of the basics of, for example, that... Um, uh, that Dinesh D'Souza brings up about history... You know, somebody who's who's a little bit smart um, would kind of realize that he's sort of playing into the hands of those who actually are much more like Nazis today. Right. Yeah. Um, I do. I'm going to play a clip from I. I. I don't listen to Alex Jones as much as I listen to Owen Schroer. Um, I don't. I like his show a lot better. But okay. I'm going to play a who is clip. That, by the way, he's another guy who does a podcast. He's on after Alex Jones. Is he's, he part of Infowars? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. He's the Infowars War Room uh, host. Um, now, here's the thing. I've been listening to him more and more lately. And I was I was talking to my sons the other day about him. I said, you know, he doesn't talk about his religion a lot, but I'll bet he's Catholic because he oh, thinks he thinks like has, a Catholic has that sensibility about things. Yeah, and even a even a Novi Catholic, there's still mm-hmm. a Catholic way of understanding the world. Yeah, and he has it. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a traditional Catholic, but. At least a Catholic. And then I found out today, because I was listening to part of him, and he said something like, well, I'm Catholic. And so, yeah, I was right. (laughs) He is Catholic. Confirmed. (laughs) And so far as I can tell, he's a damn good one. So, Uh um, anyway, I over the past month, when Kanye West kept going on and on about the Jews, uh, Owen Schroer talked about the fact that he gets emails and messages from people saying, why don't you talk about the Jews ever? Why don't you talk about the... And why don't you talk about Kanye West? He mentioned once or twice that, hey, Kanye West is going through his thing, whatever that is, but he has some differences of opinion with Kanye West. And I I think this was it. I think this is the difference he was talking about, is that Kanye West doesn't seem to recognize Nazis as the bad guys. Or oh, Adolf Hitler is a bad guy. As a bad guy, yeah. So he always kept his distance from Kanye West. But they ended up having an interview with him where Alex Jones, the king of free speech, let him have his say. Mm-hmm. He said, go ahead, mm-hmm. talk. I'm going to let you talk. And he let him talk for three hours. And Kanye West stepped in it. So what? But why do I have to disavow... Uh, Alex Jones now for giving him oh. a microphone for three hours, you know? Because, yeah. I, that, Why I, is Alex Jones the bad guy for letting him right. talk? Anyway, Owen Schroyer had this to say uh, on his podcast. I think it was the next day or the day after that, something like that. And it just shows to me how sick we've become as a nation. And... As somebody that's in the media that only got into political media because I saw how sick and twisted and corrupted 
and deceiving the mainstream media was, I, I'm now kind of having another moment of reflection that it's still that sick. But this really isn't a mainstream media problem. This is this is the alternative media. This is the individual media, which has mostly done work for good, slowly becoming the same beast that it was meant to fight, and that's the mainstream establishment mouthpiece. Where all of these people will be talking about yay today, and none of them will share this video we have on the screen of little children that get sex trafficked because of the open border. We don't talk about that. So why are our priorities so messed up? You know, and if I wanted to give you a simple answer, I would say, this is, this is like high school never ends popularity contest where everybody wants to have the tweet or the story or the clip or the best way to make Kanye West look bad or make Alex Jones look bad or make them look holier, more righteous than thou. And it's all just a big, it's all just a big game for likes. It's all just a big game for views. It's all just a big game for popularity. Nobody actually cares about the issues. All they care about is themselves and their popularity and the dopamine they get from having a viral clip or story or tweet. So fine. Keep talking about yay for the rest of your lives and keep ignoring the child sex trafficking at the southern border. We here at InfoWars will continue to cover the real issues and give you the interviews that the entire world wanted and begged for. So we'll do it all. That's what we do here at InfoWars. We just do it all because it seems no one else can do it. And that's why you're tuned in. Even all the haters, even all the liberals, even all the people that write the hit pieces about us and think they're the worst on, we're the worst on earth, they still tune in every day. Because we do cover the real issues and we give you what you want when you want Yay and Jones in studio together, even though you still complain every day and you still tune in every day. <laughs> I thought he had a pretty good take on this whole thing. Why are we talking about Kanye West? Yeah, why did Kanye West get, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it reminds me of the, the you know, you remember the original, not the, you know, the the first, um, the, the, the Batman movie that had uh, Jack Nicholson, but, okay, yeah, Jack Nicholson, he, he says, but who was the guy who played Batman again? Everybody remembers the Joker. <laughs> oh my gosh! How can I? I know, yeah. and he's Who been in so Jack much other Nicholson stuff too. Batman? Who, what was that guy's name? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, when uh, the Joker says, you know, when when he's annoyed because he's trying to make a splash, and the news is running the story <laughs> about Batman, and he's like, what? kind of a world do we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all my press. <laughs> but That's you know, the thing is, like. just that, that complaint about the, like, the inversion, except in this case, where he's pointing out in that clip you've been just played, the inversion is real. It, yeah. it is distorted. It is bizarre. Why would Kanye saying something stupid, like, I like Hitler... As dumb as that is, as bad as that is, why would that have such a huge splash and 
nobody even thinks about or hears about, and yes, this is a true thing really going on, sex child trafficking at our southern border as a result of President Biden's policies. Yeah. And the thing is... Why does that go nowhere? InfoWars brings groundbreaking story after story like that. Mm -hmm. And they don't get anything. And everybody shuts their ears up and don't want to hear it. But Kanye West says he likes Hitler, and suddenly that's all we can talk about is what they did on InfoWars. Yeah. So, no, I I think his take was spot on. Yeah. So, that was our first news item. Um, (laughs) We usually spend that much time on all the news. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of which, Elon Musk, I guess, allowed the... uh, Allowed the interview to be passed around on Twitter. Oh, oh, is he taking any flack for that? Well, he tweeted and said, here's the thing. What you got to realize is Elon Musk is not open to free speech because he mm-hmm. will not give Alex Jones oh, his, his uh, Twitter account back. Right. And yep. uh, somebody called in to Alex Jones and said they are still banning people for. Uh, let's see. I think it was uh, over the election. Election oh. misinformation. Mm-hmm. They are still banning people for that. So yeah. they're not free speech yet. No, and not yet. <clears throat> Elon Musk allowed the, the uh, Kanye West thing to go. And then he tweeted something like, uh, you must be doing a good job when everyone on the right and on the extreme left are mad at you. And then he said that he's not for the right or the left. He's for the 80% in between who want to have an honest discussion. That's the well, dumbest thing I've ever that heard. Is, that's extremely stupid because... That, that's exactly what every other newscast says. Yeah. They're all that for presu- the middle. And that's exactly where they target. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It presumes that you yourself personally or you through your organization or you through your various fact checkers and so forth that you are the one who knows where to cut the line on honesty of the discussion. Yeah. If you can't allow the extremity into the discussion, then you're not allowing an honest discussion. Right. Yeah. If, if, I mean, I don't know what to say here. If you're scared of that discussion then this isn't free speech. This is just more of the same. This is nothing like uh, what you're describing it as. Yeah. This is just more of the same. You just maybe moved the line a little bit. So you allowed Trump to have his Twitter account back, which he didn't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You're still not free speech. You're only 80% free speech. I almost speech. wonder if he cut a deal with Trump some, uh, in some way. You know, hey, I'll give your Twitter account back if you promise not to use it. I don't know. I think Trump Stupid is so like done that. with Twitter. Yeah. And but, he doesn't really need it. Yeah. He's got his own thing. Um, and now he's, he's fighting Kanye West for the presidency. I don't think anyone... I, th- I think there are a number of people who thought Kanye West was a serious candidate. I don't see how anyone can say that at this point, unless he comes out and says, hey guys, I was just kidding and this is why I did it. 
but even then, I don't think I don't think he could ever be a serious candidate no, for the presidency. But is he a serious candidate for becoming a big distraction for Trump's campaign team? Yeah, that's that's you know, is he is yeah. he simply distracting people from Trump and people from thinking about what Trump is saying by being out there and being outlandish and claiming to want to run with Trump? Yeah, I don't know. But that's that's where we are with Elon Musk. Also, right. Elon Musk, uh, he released the uh, the he released the Twitter files showing that the that they did suppress the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story. Right, explicitly um, in response to government actors asking them to, right? Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, uh, InfoWars was all over that. You oh, know? Yeah. From the beginning. They had that from the start. Yeah. All, all of yeah. these things that people later find out, it's like InfoWars was saying that a long time ago. By the way, this is something I picked up from Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, those people who think that Antifa is really for anti-fascism the one of the key ideas of the fascist party in Italy was the partnership between the government and between the influential aspects of the media and and uh, culture yeah. forming companies say to establish and get a message out in order to keep people in line in terms of their feelings and thoughts about stuff. Yeah, basically a, a propaganda partnership. That's exactly what the left is today with the media. It, yeah, certainly. It is specifically fascist. It's one step short of communism, which just says, "All right, forget the propaganda is ours. We'll just run you know, it all. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, we'll completely. just run everything. Yeah. Now there's say a partnership, but don't step out of line. You know. Yeah. Exactly. You're not going to last long. You're going to be Alex Jones. If you step out of line and you're going to get sued for millions of dollars or trillions of trillions dollars or whatever of dollars. they are now, I don't, I don't even know what it is now. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, on to the next thing. Let's see here. Uh, the president of Ukraine signed a decree that bans religious organization with links to Russia. Bans now, religious organizations with links to Russia. So that would be, for example, the, uh, an Orthodox, the Orthodox church, church that has association with the Russian Orthodox, which I think the Russian Orthodox Church is probably also a, a dominant church there. In Ukraine. In Ukraine. Yeah, I would yeah. think that if, if, if there's an Orthodox church in Ukraine, it's, it's the, Russian the Russian Orthodox, Orthodox Church. church. Yeah. So, there's okay, no Ukrainian so, Orthodox Church. He's so just banning banned. their their main probably Christian church. Yeah, probably bigger than Catholics there. He just banned it. So that's what it sounds like. Um, uh, he says that the Ukrainian government will draft a law banning churches affiliated with Russia, which he says is necessary in order to counter Russian government efforts to weaken Ukraine from within. I'm not saying Russia doesn't have that uh, goal. Or they're not doing that, but 
No, I but I, I, I banning well, a religion is stupid. What this really is is that our people aren't as behind us in our uh, anti-Russian fervor as we would like. Yeah, and and we think the Russian Orthodox Church is part of the reason why. That that's what this really is. Yeah. Uh, let's see the sixty dollars per barrel price ceiling on Russian seaborne oil is imposed by Australia, the European Union, and the G7. So there's a, a sixty dollar per barrel price ceiling on Russian oil. So they're saying we're not going to pay more than $60 per barrel for Russian oil that's shipped in tankers. Yeah. Which to me I don't I don't understand how this works. Can't Russia just say, "Okay, then you don't get oil." Yeah. It's um, not like they can say they can't force Russia to take $60 per barrel. No. Or if they um and, and I guess, I guess it's, a, it it's a game else. of how badly do they need the oil versus how badly does Russia need the money. Yeah. But, for example, if they can get oil from um, from the Middle East um, at, say, $40 a barrel. Well, why wouldn't they then, do that anyway? Why, yeah, they, they would be doing that. So it must be that, that the Middle East is charging more than $60 a barrel. Or that they don't have enough oil. That would be surprising, but possibly. I don't know. I don't know much about oil, but yeah. I do yeah. know that that's a weird way of putting things. And it just, I mean, this isn't like a controlled market, you know? I mean, I know there are some rules concerning oil trade, but Russia can kind of do what they want. And yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me to say this, but oh well, that's what they're saying. Uh, Let's see, voters in Georgia go off to a runoff election for the senator. Or no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Warnock against Walker. Walker loses. Uh, but the whole thing is so ludicrous. I mean, it's so obvious that they're cheating. And they did, you know, they kept counting. They j- Every time they do this, when they don't get... The, and it's always a couple different states mm-hmm. when they don't get the results they want they just keep counting votes and eventually they come up to the number they want every single time the law lo- it, it doesn't make any sense to any uh, thinking person that you can just keep counting them over and over again and eventually, and eventually you'll get, get the right results yeah that's dumb yeah, that'd be- it should always be the same every time they count. But it's not because they're cheating. And we all know it. But I guess if if no one's willing to fight them on it, I mean, what do you say? Okay, they they still won. Because if it's, they're in power, then they won. It's kind of like... Um, my wife and I like to make fun. We, we, we like to watch uh, the CSI shows. Oh, and- yeah. Once in a while, they'll they'll have something like they've got some DNA. Okay, they sequence the DNA, they run it against a database, and it doesn't come back with something. Or they run it against the database, and it comes back with a certain uh, person that they didn't expect. Yeah. And somebody will say something stupid like, run it again. <laughs> run it again. <laughs> it's like, uh, 
uh, Michael Scott went in to get to get a business owner to talk to the accountant about wanting to hire someone, and the the guy's like, "Look, you guys can't afford to do that. You're gonna go out of business." And he's like, "Can you crunch those numbers again?" <laughs> he's like, "It's a computer. I don't crunch them. So could you just do it again?" The guy hits a hits a keyboard and says, "Crunch." <laughs> F nine. Crunch. Did change. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what they're doing with the votes, only it actually changes every it, time. It does change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, global leaders approve digital vaccine passports as a part of future pandemic prevention response. Global leaders. Did they specify yeah. who these leaders are? They did not. I imagine they're talking about the... Like the WHO? or Yeah, yeah. Like, like that and the G20 groups 19 mm-hmm. nations including the US uh, well, yeah I'm not gonna have one these are the people <laughs> yeah um, so this pro-life Spider-Man crawls up the uh, crawls up a building in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and kind of a publicity stunt for uh, unborn children <laughs> I, I'm looking okay. at a picture of him. He's, I mean... Is he like one of those urban ninjas that, that can do all kinds of cool stuff like that? He is, I imagine, but he's not dressed any way particularly. I mean, the photo that I'm seeing, he's just wearing a sweatshirt and I think oh. he's wearing jeans. So Jeans, wow. I wouldn't wear jeans if I was going to crawl up a building. I'd wear something loose-fitting. I, don't, I might wear spandex or... or uh, yoga I'm, pants or something. I'm looking at a picture of him, like the camera is inside the building, taking a picture outside mm-hmm. through the window, and he's yeah. climbing up the side of the building. But in this picture, he's already above all the other buildings around there. Oh, I mean, okay. he's really high. Okay. Yeah. If I were standing at that river, at that window, I would get dizzy. That's how high he is. Yeah. And he's outside climbing up the building. Looks like I, I don't know what he's using. It looks like he's not using anything. But <clears throat> wow, uh, that's pretty dang well, brave. That is. Would, that is. Well, I, I guess be, just just calling attention then to the unborn or something, huh? Okay, so what it is is he's raising money to help a single mother in financial straits who is considering an <sighs> there abortion. You go. So okay. it's not just. Not just it's for not publicity. Just a stupid he's, symbolic thing. I was kind of wondering no, about it. this. He's this, doing something for a reason, and and he's going to have an effect. Okay. He had he uh, had a banger. He hung a banner that says "Support women, not abortion." Cool. So, pretty brave. Way to go, Spider Man. Um, Canadian Bush bishops. No, I'm sorry. A Canadian bishop. Pushes the faithful to get their COVID jabs and wear their masks in church again. This is Canadian Bishop Ronald Peter Fabro. Oh. Uh, London, Ontario. And he's telling everybody, get your jabs, wear your mask. If you're, I don't understand, if you have your jab, why do you need a mask? And if you have your mask, why do you need the jab? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It could just be like the rest of us. I, I was funny today. I had to uh, train a customer on how to use some equipment. And um, I'm on my phone. He's on the other phone. 
Maybe there were other people in the building, but there's no one around him. And he had a mask on. That's dumb. I could only hear half of what he was saying, because, you know, he's talking through a mask. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand the whole mask. I, well, yeah, we've talked about it plenty of times. I don't know why. It's so I mean, silly. Yeah, and gosh, like hospitals and stuff are still clinging to them. Yeah. And medical offices. It's insane. <clears throat> uh, okay, Elon Musk is talking about Neuralink brain chips. And he's hoping to get human trials within the next six months. Yeah, he's into this whole transhumanism thing. Yeah. I I, I think he's a nut. I, I don't even think... I don't even think it's something we need to worry about right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way off now. But this is the same guy who thought we would be living on Mars soon. Yeah. And now he's telling us he's going to come out with his uh, AI brain chips. And I don't know what the chips will do. or Are they yeah, just reading things? It, or What's the... Is, is it supposed to just transmit brain activity to a computer right now or what yeah i i can't see what advantage this would have and what i wonder is is this something that they plan on in order to get a brain chip is that something you have to be born with is this something that has to be done to a baby at an early age or is it something you could get as a 40 year old because those are two very different things that's true yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't if know. you're forcing this on children, I know that's, that's a human trial. That's beyond self, sinful. That's, that's yeah, that's as bad as human trafficking, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So I guess the province of Alberta passes a sovereignty act, and basically saying that it, it would prevent the federal government from encroaching on certain matters if those matters were unconstitutional which it shouldn't take an act to do this the so the leaders of uh, it, i guess you could the leaders of that province should just say no you're not going to do that here and not let them do it but so but okay but but is is this a specific uh like a th- threat like a line in the sand like like if if we determine that you canada are imposing something that we think is unconstitutional, this act thereby causes us to become independent? Is, is, is it that kind I don't of think thing? it causes them to become independent. It just doesn't allow the federal government to do what they want to do in the province of Alberta, I think. Huh. Maybe there's more to it than that, but that's the way I'm reading it. So the federal government couldn't come in and demand that Alberta banks turn over the money of protesters in Alberta. I think those are the kinds of things we're talking about. Oh, okay. And maybe, you know, breaking up peaceful uh, peaceful protests and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was mostly local uh, authorities breaking up the protests and doing uh, a lot of this stuff. Yeah. The same way in the states. It didn't take the federal government to come in and shut the country down. The damn... Yeah, uh, the governors did it. Governors did it. And every sheriff's... That's what was so frustrating. Every uh, county sheriff's office went along with it. Most of them. There were a few who said, no, we're not doing this. Mm -hmm. But very, very few. There was like two... 
two or three counties in all of Ohio who uh, gave any pushback against what Governor DeWine, my, the murderer Mike the DeWine did. Mike DeWine. <laughs> so, but the thing is, what they would do is Mike DeWine would pass some kind of executive act and a sheriff or a some kind of uh, county official would say, no, we're not doing that. And they would take him to task in court mm-hmm. and within days have it have it judged his way against the murderer, Mike DeWine. Yeah. And they would win. But see, the other counties wouldn't take this and say, hey, look, they didn't have to do it. Let's not, let's not, let's do, not it. do it. They went along with it anyway and enforced it at the county level, even if right. the executive order had been sort of ju- judicially rescinded. Right. And, and DeWine would not fight those people who went against him. It was a numbers game, you he know. Just let him do it, and let the other because he knew the other counties were would go along. Yeah, it, it was terrible. It just it made you realize how bad things really are in mm-hmm. this uh, this bureaucratic state we're in. But uh, why did we talk about? Oh, because the Canadian uh, yeah. Alberta, the Canadian Internet Censorship Bill is on track. Uh, there was an amendment that would protect most users other than organizations and, and companies from censorship, but that amendment got struck down. And so they're, they're passing a great big, you know, Canadian censorship thing that would be against, uh, against misinformation. It's just classic, you know, 1984 stuff. So this is, they're, that Canada, Canada is enacting Nazi information control. Yeah. That's what we need to call. We need to start labeling it for what it is. NIC, Nazi information control. Well, aside from Canada doing that, um, the UK is also bringing up a censorship bill. Oh, my. It says they're going to ban legal but harmful content under the guise of protecting children. So the whole world's getting in on it. And, well, let's face it, the New World Order is getting in on it. And, I don't know, we'll see. You know, Elon Musk pretends he's going to fight this, but he's not fighting it right now. Uh, And harmful to children, you think they're going to include porn in that? Nope. Because that's what they should be banning. Except not at a central government level, at all the states states or, or districts or regions or counties or... Um, <clears throat> and that you know that's the frustrating thing here is that it's no longer legal for a state to ban pornography and I I hear the argument well you can't ban pornography how are you going to ban pornography uh, most of it comes through the internet but the thing is while you couldn't keep users from accessing it you could not allow the business of pornography in your state, yeah, you, it wouldn't you, be that hard. You don't you you don't have to allow porn shops to operate. You don't have to allow porn studios to operate. Right, and that's the big thing, which might include apartment buildings all over the city mm-hmm. of women who are in their apartment taking videos of themselves to make money. Yeah, you could you could ban that, and it would be somewhat effective. 
it might not keep people from looking at porn, but it would be a part of the fight against pornography addiction. Yeah. And it would be an effective part. But And, you know, the thing is, you also don't know how many of the women you see either, I don't know, these cameras or whatever, um, or that are just in the porn movies, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are not really there willingly. Yeah, that too. That too. Oh, well. Uh, let's see, where were we? Senate committee splits. So I guess uh, Biden nominated a judge. This is the judge who was fighting uh, the overturn of Roe v. Wade. This was the judge in that was actually on the Dobbs versus Jackson case. Okay. Who ended up losing? Mm-hmm. She was nominated for a seat and. The, she has not gotten the seat because the Senate uh, has a split vote on it. Oh, wow. So, I, that's cool. Yes, that is cool. We still do have a little bit of foothold, you know? Yeah. And this is, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens because they just stole a couple of seats in the Senate. And mm-hmm. now, at the same time, there is a Democrat who just flipped to Republican. Oh, no kidding. So the numbers might still be even. Okay, well, we'll see. And we did gain the House. I don't know. I don't I don't have a whole lot of hope in politics, but you got to look for you yeah, got to look for the good wherever you can find it. I don't either, but I'll and we could even maybe do a show sometime on why. But Yeah. Let's see. This Dr. McCulloch you know, he's he's one of the big uh, guys who, first of all, told us the truth about COVID as far as how to, to uh, how to treat it. How to combat it. And oh, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was big time canceled. And then he was one of the first to tell the truth about the vaccines. Yeah. He is saying that the mRNA from these jabs could pass on to... The next generation. Wow, that's scary. So, if, if a mom and dad who have both been jabbed are passing something to their baby and changing the human genome, I, I don't know how much well, of that not, I believe in. Okay, I don't. I okay, I passed on doesn't necessarily mean changing the genome because unless I, unless there's some mechanism for the RNA itself to become sort of through a, a mutation mechanism grafted into the DNA, it wouldn't become part of the genome. But but the RNA itself is, um, it goes into a cell and that takes over the cells, uh, protein-making factories, and it makes this particular protein that's on the spike of the COVID. But but from what I understand, the delivery mechanism is very non-cell specific. So in theory, that RNA could end up getting into, for example, a woman's eggs, ovaries, yeah. ovaries or, you know, into... Now, see, a woman, as I understand her ovaries, her eggs are, are all exist basically by the time she's um, 
by the time she becomes fertile, right. maybe even by the time she's born, all the eggs that she's ever going to have already exist. But for a man, he keeps producing sperm, you know, right. throughout his life. So these could, this could conceivably get into the sperm cells, and then end up as bits of of messenger RNA floating around in the children of those parents. I don't know whether there's a mechanism though that would cause the mRNA itself to become duplicated so that it could continue through generation after generation. It seems to me it would yeah. be diluted with each generation. Aren't there yeah, assuming certain, it did get in there. Aren't there certain parts of the DNA that indicate, say, certain diseases of certain time periods and things like that? Um, I might be... Oh, you when, mean when the... we when we uh, study past civilizations, don't we... Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Isn't there... And we, we talked about it at length once. I think in the episode where we talked about um, evolution. We know that we can track certain... Uh, like, for example, um, there are all kinds... Of, there, there are many, many, many parts of DNA that that don't code into genes. In other words, they're not, they don't code the production of proteins. They, they seem okay. to just be there without any particular purpose. But, but within those, and even in some of them, you know, within proteins and stuff, but they have these, um, these polymorphisms, which are a sort of a mutation of the, of the DNA sequence that then becomes part of a population. Yeah. And so it, and, you know, for whatever reason, this particular um, locus changed in this small population and that particular locus changed in that small population. We've got hundreds of thousands of these things. And then, and so you can track them to figure out that a person has so much of his DNA from this particular area and that particular area and that other particular area based on which of these uh, polymorphisms are in his DNA because he would have inherited them for the most part. Yeah. In various could it be something like that percentages? Uh, I don't know, but I don't know if uh, unless it had to do with a certain population who uh, lacked a, a a certain kind of immunity to a disease was wiped out, and therefore mm -hmm. everybody else has that immunity, and so you can see oh. Okay, based on the presence of this immunity, you can see that um, this person must have, or, or the lack of the immunity, okay. maybe. You can say, okay, this person must have been there before this disease hit, or something like that. There may okay. be certain things like that that you can do. Oh, okay. Um, well, anyway, this is what he's claiming, and I, I, I don't know how, uh, I don't know. Well, I'm, uh, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to hear more from him. I'm certainly willing to listen, hear it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, speaking of, where is it? Oh, okay. This Australian doctor says that he find if when he looks at the vaccine under the microscope, which I don't know why a whole bunch of people didn't see this. He's finding what look like self-assembling structures that are forming in a matter of days as he studies the vaccine. Huh. Now, when you look at this, the 
common explanation is this is a crystal. But when you, when you look at the the images that he provides, they don't quite look like crystals. They do mm -hmm. look like something else. Okay. And a couple other scientists or doctors or scientists are concurring this. Um, he's saying they look like self-assembling chips. Oh, I, I don't think that they could be. I think that's too sci-fi right now. Yeah, I do too. I don't think, I don't think he's on the right track. I think they're probably just crystals. But they, uh, so they see these things forming, and then when they, when they simulate, say, body temperature as if it's in a body, and even maybe give it certain fluids they form faster. What I want to know is, are these things, is that what they're seeing in those weird structures that they're pulling is out of people's what that is? Blood? That, blood? That could be. And why is it, but, like, but those I, things that they pulled the thing, out... It, it seems to me that it wouldn't, uh, unless they have traces of other stuff in there, because the whole thing about the mRNA is that it needs the protein assembly mechanisms of your cells in order to work. Yeah. So it's it's strange to me that the vaccine itself would, would be doing this not having been entered into some kind of animal cellular environment. Right. Oh, well. It's a weird thing that, I don't know, I... But maybe there's more than mRNA in there. Right. So... I mean, this whole thing is is starting to sound like a John Saul story. I don't know if you've ever read John Saul. Um, yeah. He's a, a thriller writer, and he especially uh, does um, techno gone wrong kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like like uh, attempts to curb like the whole chip thing that you were talking about with Elon yeah. Musk. Well, he did one where you know nano bots were injected into these kids and because they had identified the parts of the brain that had to do with uh, unruly behavior basically yeah. um, and these nanobots were there to you know they were able to attach themselves to that and then they could be controlled to keep the kids in line so you, you know you had sort of like this weird community of the Stepford children sort of kind of thing of course it went wrong started turning some of the kids into monsters or made them you know weird in other ways so he writes those kinds of stories and so a lot of the stuff that we're talking about now it's like wow this this is this is out of a john saul science fiction thriller it does seem that way here's the problem that the the people manufacturing these shots are so far removed from trust that you just don't know what to believe anymore. Mm -hmm. I certainly don't believe their explanation. I don't right. care what they say, I don't believe them. It's like any official line out there could be a lie. And, and you've yeah. got no particular reason to believe that it's not. Yeah. Uh, let's see. German Bishop Franz Jose Bode uh, announced Sunday that he will train lay ministers, female lay ministers, to perform baptisms from now on. This is one of the German bishops who were accused of covering up the abuse uh, 
scandals. Oh, okay. Well, so, and that makes sense I don't know. that he'd be involved yeah. in that then. Idiot. And he's, he's picking baptisms because he knows that nobody can come back and say that those baptisms are invalid because you yeah. don't need to be a priest to baptize. Yeah. Uh, Supreme Court arguments begin over Christian web designers' refusal to do a same-sex weddings page. Yeah, that's... I thought... What, I mean, didn't didn't the whole cake thing decide that? Why is no. the Supreme Court hearing this? Um, the Supreme Court did not rule on the cake thing. The Supreme Court ruled... And I, was it our Supreme... Was it the... U.S. Supreme Court, or was it just the Colorado Supreme Court? I think, but what I the Supreme the Court, US. what the Supreme Court ruled was that the organization that was bringing the complaint against the cake guy did not have standing to bring the complaint. Oh. They didn't okay. rule on the merits of the cake guy's actions as a businessman. Okay. All right. Well, now somebody is hearing something like that, um, and we hope for the best here. Uh, we got a guy who says he has uh, evidence, forensic evidence, that uh, Sister Lucy, Lucy of Fatima is fake. But they, they've got an imposter acting for how long? as... I don't know. Is, is this one of those that... Oh yeah, even back in the 60s when she said this thing... You know about Russia or whatever. She was not really Sister Lucia at that time, because you know there, there were. I don't know like, when he's saying. Okay, well, we'll have to. But <laughs> he is. Uh, LifeSite News has a story uh, and his video, which we'll link to, um, and they're using facial recognition experts and I don't know oral surgeons, orthodontists, and dentists. I don't know. So. Huh. I don't know what to say about that whole thing. I mean, at this point, of course, then again, you know, we said, yeah, Pope Francis finally fulfilled the promise, the the request. <laughs> but what if he's Although, not the Pope? <laughs> what if he's not the Pope? And not only that, he did not come out and or he invited all the bishops. Of that the was world the to, yeah. That's that's he did one not of those order. That, I, I, I'm on the side of, hey, when the Pope invites you to do something and you're a bishop, you, you take it. that as an order. Yeah. But, you know. So, I, I at this point, I don't know. I, I don't think it's really worth getting into an argument over, but yeah, uh, who knows. Let's see. U.S. bishops respond to the Senate's passage of same-sex marriage bill and call it gravely disappointing. Who cares? Because the USCCB is so uh, with it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pope Francis issues new finance rules for foundations linked to the Holy See. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm announcing why, that. Yeah. Why? Why are you bringing some of this stuff up? <laughs> yeah. Um. DeSantis is promising to hold Pfizer and Moderna accountable for the COVID jab side effects. Oh, yeah. We're talking about thousands, maybe tens of thousands of deaths just in Florida. So 
We'll see if he follow through, follows through on this. I kind of don't think he will. Uh, I didn't know this. Biden is giving millions of dollars to journalists to create software to correct misinformation. Oh, my gosh. So I guess this is automated, uh, you know, censorship. Automated Nazi information control. I think that already exists. I think uh, I think Google and YouTube are already do it. Oh, well. That's all the news I got. All right. Well, I got a few newsy items. Uh, one of them. So, <laughs> so the, okay, the Spider-Man guy... Um, in LA that, that kind of reminded me of this because here's a guy who's, I, I don't know what the, what to call the real story. So first, somebody who is a vegan thinks that we shouldn't be eating turkeys for Christmas dinner. Okay. That's a stupid thing all by itself. That's, that's worthy yeah. of, of a certain amount of, of ridicule, but He's decided that his response to this is going to run from dusk until dawn on Christmas. I guess from sundown to sunup or something like that. And that's that's how he's going to, I don't know, help. He's not even saying he's going to help turkeys. He's just saying, in memory of the turkeys that get eaten. <laughs> so what? I'm going to go take a nap in memory of the turkey that I ate. There's a guy just dying for some publicity i know that's it's like <laughs> this is the kind of the thing that owen schroyer was talking about it's just, exactly <laughs> wow anyway so this is a interesting way to i guess bypass i'm trying to figure out whether the the whether this was even the purpose uh, uh of you know bypassing customs but a woman pretended to be i don't know if she pretended to be pregnant um, she pretended to go into labor on an airplane, causing the airplane to land at uh, in Barcelona. Okay. And while she, uh, while the airplane was on the ground in Barcelona, fourteen of the passengers ran away. Ran away. Ran away <laughs> <laughs> from the plane. This isn't making any sense. Well, I think, were they trying to just get into Spain? Is this like a, a way to bypass customs? Is this like the illegal immigrants thing? That, I think, they were going from Morocco to Turkey. Yeah. This is really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. They're going Are these from people Morocco, who were going to, like, be perse- persecuted in, in Turkey or something? That could be. Or people who just wanted to go to Spain, but because of COVID laws or something, weren't allowed. Yeah. But yeah, I, like, I, I really want to go to Spain. <laughs> isn't Spain... Doesn't Europe have kind of a borderless society right now? If you're part of the EU, yeah. Okay, so I guess if you're coming from Morocco... You're not necessarily part of the EU. Right. So, and if you want to go to Spain, it's like, all right, well, as soon as this plane lands, let's jump off. So, <laughs> so they got to put a pregnant, a woman, a pregnant woman up to pretending she's in labor. Once the plane touched down, a group of 28 people exited and tried to flee. 14 of them escaped mm-hmm. and remain at large. Yeah, it's like there's got to be something more to this story. I know. 
The rest are being processed for non-admission to Spain. I don't know what that means, processed for non-admission. Does it mean just told you can't come in, into Spain? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's Spain of all places. I know. <clears throat> and it, it sounds like something that they set up from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, that's what I think. They get this pregnant woman to act like she's going to... Or act like she's in labor, and then, and, and what is? Run. I mean, how does she get paid or whatever? I wonder if, like, okay, the plane lands. Um, did they let people off to walk around the airport for a while, or did they actually have to bust out of the airplane? Because, like, you know how it is. Once it lands, it's like you can't oh, just yeah, race up the all aisle. Kinds of. I said a total of 228 passengers had been on the jet. Okay, that's delay, a lot. Delay of over three hours. Maybe they just wanted to get the heck off the plane. Yeah. That is the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know what else anyway. to about that. <laughs> well, you remember um, a while ago... We had a news story about a bunch of people who posed nude for a picture. Yeah, they were in a mountain or something, weren't they? Something like that, or, or yeah. Well, they're at it again. Uh, I don't know if it's the same people, but a bunch of nude people showed up on an Australian beach to raise skin cancer awareness. I, I don't know how that does that, but... I would rather they raised awareness for breast cancer, but... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer, American photographer Spencer Tunick's latest project aimed at encouraging Australians to get regular skin checks. See, this is outside at the beach. I wonder how warm it is. It's Australia, is Aus so I guess it's Australia. But don't they get sunburn in Australia? I'm sure they do. To be walking around out there in the nude for that long. I know, long I enough to, maybe that's... Give it's you like, skin cancer. Hey, we're all going to get skin cancer for Skin Cancer Awareness Week. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe this photographer just likes nude pe people and he's coming Is up with Is it a nude to... beach? I wonder I if it's know. You know, that's a good, good question. Uh, it's Bondi Beach in Sydney, Australia. Let me Google that real quick and see. Say for an artwork designed to raise awareness for skin cancer. Yeah. Whatever. It's a picture. Sweeping it's not even a good present. picture. It's not even a very good one. It's a surfer beach. Trendy, health conscious, laid back hippies. It's hippos, known for staging. Walkers oh. and joggers. <laughs> okay, this artist, I guess it's the same artist. Spencer Tunic, because he, he likes doing nude mass nude shots I think that I think he just likes seeing a bunch of nude people and he comes I up with different so ways to convince people to take their clothes off the joke is really on them yeah but people will do anything to get into to a get camera in a picture. shot yeah stupid <laughs> uh, again it's the same thing we were talking about earlier alright so there's a Buddhist monk in Thailand that like kind of emptied out after all the monks got kicked out because they all tested positive for meth. Really? I wonder if they were literally all just doing meth 
or if there was something in, Did maybe in one of their things? Do they take things like I don't, incense or something? Well, that's what I was gonna say. I wonder if if like somebody just slips some into their incense bowls or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many how many monks we're talking about. Thing is, is I mean these are Buddhist monks. Why are they? Because uh, Buddha Buddhism is like. Why were they tested for? I know that's that's what I'm wondering is 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 that even a problem for a Buddhist? It says the entire monastery was found to have been using <laughs> meth. <laughs> uh, I guess some of the villagers around there had tipped them off, and the the sheriff there and told him to go check on them, and mm-hmm. he came up and said, "Hey, I guess he just came up and said, I'm going to test everyone for drugs." But and I guess maybe in I guess in this area they're allowed to do that. Like in Thailand, they can go test people. But like, can you imagine the sheriff showing up to a church and saying, "Hey, I'm going to test all you priests for yeah. marijuana or meth or whatever"? It'd be like, "No, you're not going to test anyone. Get out of here." Yeah, exactly. And it talks about the fact that in the, this article talks about the fact that in Thailand. Monks are revered, but yeah, there's kind of like revered, a, a a culture where they, they're expected to be able to just give advice. I mean, you know, people yeah. seek them out for advice and and other stuff. But if that's the case, why did they have to submit to the drug test? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they have been like no? And the people would be behind them and say, "We're not going to force your our monks to take tests." I don't know. <laughs> it's just so you weird. know it's. I say let them do math. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe people should just adjust their trust of the monks, <laughs> their reverence for the monks. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. That's all I got. So it's trivia all right. time. Trivia. All right. I'm going to roll the die, and it came out four, which is places. And the question is... Where does the Bible say Lucifer, the angel, fell from? I mean, we all know where he fell from, but what word does it yeah. use? I mean, is is I don't even know if that's a valid question though. Because I don't even it, know why I want to say that. I thought it was the east for some reason. I don't know. It, is it one of those words that is like? translated and could be translated in different ways so you say it and it's like oh yeah you got it wrong well that's because you read this version of the bible instead of that yeah, but I, I don't remember because jesus jesus says i was there when he fell from did he yeah jesus okay. jesus is the one who says that he saw lucifer fall and i'm i I'm, i want to say from the stars is what he said that's going to be my answer that would make sense, but for some reason I keep thinking you keep of thinking the, east. The, the east. Well, yeah, let's see. I don't know. Oh, okay. This just says heaven, but okay. it's given it in Isaiah as the reference, not in the gospel. But I'm pretty okay, sure Jesus so also referred to I being saw there Satan when Lucifer fell. Fall like lightning from heaven. That's in Luke ten eighteen. Okay. So that also says heaven, not the stars heaven. like I thought. Nobody said east. <laughs> I'm making that up. Well, we're both wrong. I don't... 
fall like lightning from heaven. I want to see what the uh, Dewey Reeves version says. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he said to them, I saw Satan like lightning falling from heaven. Okay, so it's from heaven. Yeah. Which, heaven and sky are the same yeah. word in a lot of the older languages. Um, so, could be the sky, but I was wrong. It's not the stars. Yeah. Okay, well... Well, that is it. All right, folks. Well, think about what we said, and as always, circle the beads. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.